You're listening to the Tuna Town Talks Fishing Podcast with Captain Paul Miller. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm a full-time charter captain based out of Ennis, Louisiana, and over the years I've seen some of the most incredible things, and some of my friends have told me some of the most unbelievable stories. So much to where I decided I would like to start a podcast. And now a word from our title sponsor, Blue Wave Boats. Blue Wave has been the number one selling bay boat along the Gulf Coast for many years now. And with over 50 square miles of marsh located out of Venice, Louisiana, it is essential that I choose the right boat to put my clients on fish. For the last four to five years, I've been using a 24-foot bay boat powered with a single 300 Suzuki, and it's been an amazing boat. However, over the years, I've also learned that I like to target a lot of different species that are near shore, so having a bigger boat with more power could help with that, which is why I've decided to move to a 26 Pier Bay powered with twin 200 Suzukis, and this has been the perfect size boat for being able to target multiple different species, especially because the boat has over four live wheels in it, which allows me to use multiple different baits to target multiple different species. With the flush mounted seating, I'm also able to maintain ample fishability, all while still providing a comfortable ride for my clients. With the step toll technology, I'm able to be more fuel efficient at higher speeds, which is also a huge advantage when making long runs through the marsh. If you would like to purchase a Blue Wave boat, head on over to bluewaveboats.com where you can find your local dealer. Alright guys, I'm here today with Captain Parker Rodriguez. Is that how you say your last name? Rodrig. Rodrig. Nosey. Rodrig? Rodrig. Okay. I've always wondered that. You see it all the time, but you don't... (laughs) No. People mess it up all the time? Kevin Beach used to have my name in his phone with a Z. (laughs) And I chewed his ass. (laughs) I said, I may look like a Mexican, and I do work for Mexicans, but I am not a Mexican. (laughs) I hear you. So where are you from? Napoleonville, Louisiana. You can really say Pankerville. I mean, you blink and you might miss it, but a long way from here. Not many guys. Where is that exactly? So, Donisonville and Thibodeau, in the middle of Donisonville and Thibodeau on Highway 1. Gotcha. Assumption Parish. I want to say, don't quote me, but about three red lights in the whole parish. It's pretty small. Pretty small Everybody place. knows everybody else's business. <laughs> sure. There's a lot of cool things that come out of that, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Whenever you go home, you feel like you're at home, right? For sure. 100%. <laughs> That's home. So, I guess you grew up fishing on the bios and all that? Yep. Lake Verrett. My grandparents had a camp in Cocodry. Kind of grew up trout fishing down there with my parents, my uncle. Was that like your first love was trout fishing? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of my first taste of salt water. It was pretty fun, and we had a good time. I think it was Hurricane Katrina took the camp. I mean, it was a double wide. I mean, it, no, excuse me. It was a single wide on pylons that I'm pretty sure my parents still have pictures of them hoisting the camp up on chain falls to get it up on top of the pylons. Wow. Yeah, we fished out of a 19-foot cottonmouth. I want to say they had like a 70 ammo hole on it. Wow. No trolling motor. <laughs> Straight anchor up. Anchor, huh? No power pole? No, no power pole. No <laughs> no fish finder, no nothing. I mean, we just went. handful of cockahoe minnows, 
I mean, it was it was a big time at then at yeah that that point of my life, you know. Mostly artificial, or were you live baiting? No, and we stuff were like that. Live, live bait, bait on their court. Bait. Yeah, my grandfather used to fuss at me all the time. He's like, "What are you doing? Open heart surgery back there on them <laughs> cockahoes? Like, you need to get this. You need to get it in the water." I mean, we had a blast. Right. It was probably. You had some siblings too. Yeah, I got two brothers. I mean, they really didn't fish that much. Uh, they're getting back in the fishing now. Seems I'm like gonna, everybody is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just kind of as you get older, you kind of fall back in love with it. But yeah. it was a, it was a big time. So what was your like? I mean, you grew up there, but like, what was your like first? Uh, like, what was your first offshore experience? You cut your teeth on speckled trout. What was? Man, my first offshore experience. I went with a buddy of mine. We went grouper fishing. Kind of out of Grand Isle. How old were you? 17, I think. 17? How old are you now? 30. 30. Okay. I mean, I didn't know anything. It was like my first time seeing That's blue wild. water. <laughs> I think it was Grand Isle Tarpon Rodeo. And he was like, man, we're going grouper fishing. It's perfect. I'm coming. Never knew. Didn't know anything. Right. And that's when I saw my first blue marlin. I think we were in Grand Isle Block. You saw your first blue marlin when <coughs> you were grouper fishing? Yeah, it was. On your first time offshore? Yeah, it was Grand Isle, <laughs> I want to say 168. I'm thinking it was 168. I mean, it was cobalt blue. We were Warsaw fishing. Was that had, on the shelf, like, you're like yeah. three, 400 foot? Or what? Yeah, we were Warsaw fishing, and this blue marlin piled up on right on the side of the boat chasing hardtails and i was kind of hooked after that i bet it was pretty <laughs> impressive we were in 31 foot contender 31 contender Never did y'all catch the it. grouper yeah we caught we caught a couple groupers that's cool caught a couple more subs. so what was your first step like i mean you were 17 then what was your first step out of high school what did you decide to do with your life man i did construction for a little while wound up getting a decent job at a plant kind of close to the house and then how I kind of wound up in Venice a couple buddies of mine was like man let's go wahoo fishing so we called up Will Wall he's like man I got this Saturday open it's perfect let's go so we came back down came down here caught a couple wahoos it was kind of dirty water but it didn't matter we were all just having a big time and uh I think it was like Tuesday after I talked to Will on the way back. I was like, man, look, if you ever need a mate, call me. I'd love to try it out. I mean, I was still wet behind the ears. I had no idea what I was doing. So Wow. So you were like, what, 19? Yeah, 19. 19? 19. And uh, Will was like, he called me. I think on Wednesday, he's like, hey, my mate just quit. If you want the job, the job's yours. And I remember walking to my boss's office. Stuff just kind of lined up. Huh? It lined up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my boss, I walked in my boss's office. I was like, hey, I'm putting in my two weeks notice. He was like, what are you going to do? I said, man, I'm going to try this offshore fishing stuff, you know. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And I mean, I guess. What if you would have never made that step? You know what I mean? Oh, it, I'd probably still be wondering what it was today. <laughs> I wouldn't be talking to you for damn sure. Isn't it crazy whenever you're that old, like whenever you're at those ages where you're deciding what to do with your life and yeah. you don't like you don't really realize what you're doing. Like it's not like you're committing to a college yeah. or anything like that. Absolutely. But in a way you are. Like I remember whenever I committed to coming down here to Venice and work, like 
Like, you don't think about it as that big of a deal at the time. No, you don't. Like, it's nothing. You know what you I mean? You don't. I mean, my parents used to tell me all the time, they're like, man, Saturday mornings, I don't know if you remember, <coughs> but they used to have big game fishing with Captain Norm Isaacs on ESPN. Mm-hmm. It was straight Hawaii fishing, straight Blue Marlins. They showed a bunch of stuff, and I, I remember telling my parents, I was like, I want to do that one day. <laughs> and it just all kind of snowballed into it. and You can do what you want, man. <laughs> I guess here I am today. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, Not 100% full-time in it anymore, but I still fish as much as I possibly can. Right, right. We'll get into that for sure. But So you started working with Will Wall. Yep. And how long did that last for? I probably worked for Will for two years. Really? Yep. Y'all had a hell of a time, huh? Dude, yeah. I, I, that's crazy because I've never known that. Yep. Like, I've known you, like, for for everybody listening, Parker's worked with Mexican Gulf for a while. He was Kevin's uh, mate for a long time. And, Four and years captain. of my life. Yeah, and captain. So, like. Feels like you know, about 20. You know, it's Kevin. like, I, I've known you, and, I, like, we talk all the time. But, like, I, I find when you do this, you don't really know people's, like, no, like I mean, backstory. Everybody's caught up in the moment. Everybody's caught up in the day. I mean. Yeah, you might ask somebody, like, where are you from? Or, like, yeah, you, got, it, you got brothers and sisters? When you come down <laughs> to Venice, I mean, if the people that are listening have never been down to Venice, it's for a mate, it's go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, and it seems like there's always enough to talk about, like, that happened that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's Absolutely. enough to keep the conversation going with what happened that day. You don't really have to dwell into You don't people's. really fall back into somebody's backstory, like right. how you wound up <laughs> here. I mean, we could go on forever. Yeah, so what years was that Was with Will Wall? Do you remember? Man, I want to say it was like 2011, 2012, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it had to have been because I got down here in 2015. Yeah, and I think Joey got down here like, what, 2014? Yeah, probably maybe 2013. 2013, 2014, because I worked for Will, and then I left to go work on a 64 Jim Smith for a guy at Shreveport, and that was kind of my first taste of – private boat deal right so you were charter fishing with will and like what you guys were fishing 100 150 days or uh, something like that yeah. something like that but and totally different fishery than what venice is now right you think so like, oh 100 percent. just i mean the, bucket, the amount of boats and stuff right? yeah and the bucket trick wasn't even around i mean we would go out and catch 15 20 herring maybe 50 on a good day yeah. and we knew we could put a, a decent box of fish i mean and i'm sure kevin or whoever you talk to jordan i mean back in i've those. heard it all the time like I, I remember going on trips with jake boudreau and his, like his mate would say like man we used to go and catch like 15 baits yeah <laughs> i mean if you didn't pull up to a rig and they wasn't busting on poppers you would just kind of motor on the other rig right i mean you would catch shit I probably remember the old frenzy popper with Will Wall. I mean, if you didn't pull up and throw it out and you didn't get bid on the first or second throw, we were kind of looking for another rig. If you didn't pull <laughs> up and see him jumping, you were looking for another rig. Right. It was pretty crazy. I mean, <laughs> do you think – but do you think that that's because – I mean, we'll, we'll get into more stuff as we go on, but – do you think that that's because of the amount of pressure, like these these fish never get a break, and so they're kind of they just act stupider whenever that happens, or do you think that there was more than there is now? Because I mean, dude, there's been a lot of tuna at the dock this year. <laughs> I mean, and from what I understand, the guys was like, man, this is I just think is fishery right now. I think it's fish adapting to different 
fishing aspects. Different pressures. Right? Different pressures. Yeah. I mean, you got guys who roll up there. And look, I, I love it. I love it. I did it. Oh, I mean, I'm, I won't say I'm tooting my own horn by no means because I'm still learning every single day. But the catching a giant amount of bait and making them come up was unheard of. I mean, Will Wall still fishes a 33 contender. Yeah, I know. I saw it. I think it's a 33 contender. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, it's a 30, it's a 33 tournaments. Correct. So it's like a 35 or whatever We got two live wells in the back. You might be able to hold 50 baits a live well. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty impressive back in the day. I mean, that was still when Innovator was around. Yeah, and I remember, like, I mean, I was still in high school at the time, but I remember following Will on Instagram and stuff, and then, like, he had, like, the badass, like, the most badass boat. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, besides Kevin and him, I mean, Will was kind of like, he had the blue boat. Yeah, everybody, he had the blue boat that was just as fast as anybody else, and, yeah. We'd ride around, catch some baits, catch some tunas, come back in. Yeah. You know, and then Kevin and him. Finally started getting 33 Freemans, and we were like, whoa. This is game changer. These guys are real deal. Yeah. Which I I can't say nothing bad about Kevin and Billy. I mean, I've I've actually worked for them. I'm sure we'll get back to that later on in the podcast. I mean, Billy was the first guy I worked for in Mexican Gulf. Was he? Yeah. So you, you worked with Will for two years, and then you went and worked on the big boat. Yep, private boat. What did you think about that? Initially? It was fun. Yeah. Because I love blue marlin fishing. I mean, you, you talk to anybody on the dock, they're like, man, that dude loves to see a blue marlin. And That's that all I've ever heard about you. Everybody would always say, man, that dude's got a horseshoe up his ass for them things. They just come to his boat, you know? Not much of a horseshoe, but I just like seeing them. I mean, they're the most apex predator probably right next to a swordfish that swims in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. I mean, they're opportunities. I mean, you got like feeders. swordfish, blue marlin, mako. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, they're they're all <laughs> hand in hand. Right. I mean, if I had three hands, they'd probably all be levitating next to each other. Yeah. But it, it's just a cool deal. I mean, and look, I learned a lot. I worked for a guy named Al Roper. He ran the Madam when the Madam went to Ascension Island. I mean, really, that's a wild. giant book of knowledge. I. That's a pretty famous boat, right? Yeah, I mean the Madam. It used to be the Madam and the Hooker, but yeah. it was the Madam and the Sea Eye at that time. Oh, okay. I mean, they caught a bunch of fish, and he taught me a lot. And we, that was like 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2013, I think. It should, uh, but whatever. I won't quote you on it. <laughs> but, I mean, we pulled lures. Al was a straight-up lure fisherman. And, I mean, we caught, I want to say we fished like, 13 trips or 14 trips and we were like 23 for 32 on lures wow i mean it was good it was good fishing i mean i was still wet behind the ears i i had that's a lot of marlins no idea what we were doing i mean we were we were getting after it yeah my boat was based out of grand isle did you guys tournament fish or Man, we tournament fished a little bit the boss wasn't the biggest tournament guy he'd like to go out there and have fun and catch you know, some of his buddies, a bunch of blue marlin. So, yeah, we did it. I mean, I think we went one weekend. We were like six for eight on lures. Wow! Out there south of Innovator, I think it was Insco eighty five oh five. Yeah, I think so. 
But that's cool to get such like, because I feel like a lot of the the mates that are getting in, into it now, like the live baiting has become so prevalent that you don't get like a like a big background in lure fishing, and then like to me that that messes up your confidence because whenever you have to lure fish, you're still just as confident. I mean, oh, you absolutely, went, you went, you know, absolutely. you've caught them on lures. I mean, we had a fish on that boat that followed us for damn near a mile. Behind. Really? Right in the spread for yeah, a whole I, mile. I, I got pictures on my phone. <laughs> I actually took them from my camera. I mean, it comes up behind the left short. We're on line. I think we're in between Elf and Lena. I think so. Makes about uh, somewhere in there. Elf and Lena. Al's hollering from the bridge just before everybody had the ear tech headset. She's like, man, I just seen a blue marlin feed and get ready. It's probably going to pop up. And sure as shit, it pops up behind the left flat. I think it was a Makaira. It was a Makaira Brutus. It was like this funky hardtail color, like yellow pearl head insert, clear head, green over yellow. I think so. I'm pretty sure. I could probably hold a candle to it. And this fish comes up behind it. And, I mean, I'm sitting on the rod. It's on the left short. Not in the rigger, flat line, and this fish is just swimming behind it. Dorsal fin out, tail sticking out, and I'll never forget this probably till the day I die. I was like, do not touch the lure. And, I mean, I'm young. This is probably the seventh blue marlin we saw that year. Mm -hmm. And he's like, don't touch it. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, don't touch it. It's going to eat. I'm telling you, it's going to eat. So this fish is swimming behind it. He'll swim up, get on side of it, fade back, swim back up to it, and he finally just starts. Holy cow, dude! I would be losing my mind. I mean, it felt like eternity, (laughs) and finally the fish bit, and I mean it jumped through the line, it jumped out away from the line. We got, I don't know, two hundred pounds of grass on the line. We finally pick all that stuff off and wind up catching it, and it was just—it's burned in my memory. Isn't it wild how like if you catch? Like, always, like, some of my clients are always amazed at, like, what I remember from, like, their trip. Yeah. But it's it's weird how, like, if you have certain days or certain people on the boat or, like, if something substantial happens that day, it's, like, ingrained it's in your memory. It's burned in your memory. <laughs> it really is. Like, you can, like, almost dream about it one night. Or I mean, <laughs> and sh- I'm sure Kevin, I think Kevin told that story about the Wahoo hand line. That was just, that was mind-boggling. Tell it. <laughs> I mean... I, I know Kevin said it because I listened to the podcast. I mean, we're trolling at the Dominoes, and I mean, there's a bunch of boats. It's October. I think Kyle Gray found them there a day before, and I'll never forget pulling out the marina. Kevin's like, "We're going wahoo fishing." I was like, "Dude, it's gonna be a fluke." I remember <laughs> it. He was like, "They caught them there yesterday." I said, "Kevin, Dude, this is wahoos. <laughs> there is no way they're gonna be back here. It's October." <laughs> we're going man we don't even check up don't catch bait don't pass go for two hundred dollars we're straight to the dominoes put them out we got i think we had two big old islanders on the riggers and two there's probably x wraps at that time on the shorts bam pull up first pass double up 260 pounders like okay all right maybe <laughs> Kevin's a superior. He's old and wise. <laughs> it's working out today. And next pass, I mean, we hook one on a X wrap and it's scoped way out. And I, I, 
I want to say it was Willie B. I think it was Willie B. He was coming. He said, man, I can't turn. Bam, got cut off. Oh, well. Catch another one. So we got three in the box. I make another pass, and I see an X-Rap. I'm like, man, this thing's not swimming right. Bam, we get hooked on the other side. So I'm reeling this other one, Kevin Gass, the one that got hooked on the left side. I'm the fourth the, one. Yeah, I'm reeling the right side. I'm like, man, this thing is – something's not right. And Kevin's like, what's going on? I said, I, I don't know. Something's not right. It's not swimming right. I got a little bit of tension. I'm not sure what – up comes the X-Rap. And then I think Kevin was running like Depth Hunter Braid on those. I think we had 16s or something, Metallica 16s out for Wahoo stuff. And it was wrapped around the back hook. He looked at me, and I grabbed some little snot gloves, little orange rubber gloves. I started leering it up, and he said, like, man. I said, Kevin, there's something on this. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's something. Get ready. So we're kind of like moseying around the outside of everybody so we don't get cut off again. Because there's like a bunch of boats at this There's point. a bunch of boats. I get, the word got out. It was, it was like the regatta was coming after us. <laughs> and sure as shit, here it comes. Here comes the leader. Here comes the X-Rap. Here comes the depth hunter. I start wiring this thing. I'm laying in the back of the boat. I am, when I tell you panicking, <laughs> because I have snot orange gloves with a little rubber and you're, dipped and on And you're it. wiring braid. Braid. So, so that thing cut you your finger off. You feel everything. I was like, man, this is going to be a nightmare. Kevin's like, are you good? I said, yeah, man, I'm good. Just as soon as I tell you get the gaff, get the gaff. And here it comes. Here comes the, the mono. Here comes the x wrap. <laughs> Wound up being like a 60 or 70-pound Wahoo. <laughs> Stuck it. I was like, this will never happen again. <laughs> I used to have the lure. I don't know where it went. It was, But it was crazy. It was that like, fish's day to die. It huh? was the fish's day to die. And I'll <laughs> never forget it. It was Kevin used to always take these x wraps and he'd get the clear ones and bring them home in the wintertime. And that was like his – not say daddy daycare, but that's what he would do with his kids. Like, <laughs> hey, look, color whatever y'all want. And I I think it was Lily's. I want to say it was Lily's because I think it had her name underneath the bill. That's pretty cool, actually. And she that had colored cool. it a couple different colors on both sides, and it was Lily's lure. I, I want to say it may either I have it or it's hanging in the stratosphere. It probably is hanging in the stratosphere. It may be hanging in the stratosphere right next to, you know, the wall meets up right before you go in the bathroom. Yeah. I want to say it's chewed up hanging in there. Right there by the coal buck. Yep, right right in there next to the war horse. <laughs> That's where it's at. That's such a funny looking mountain. Oh man, the stratosphere. We could we could have three days worth of podcasts on the stratosphere times. We're not gonna go there tonight. How long did you fish on that boat for? The Mishi? Yeah, that two years. Two years and then you came back to Venice? Two years came back down to Venice, worked for Lee McLean. Lee McLean, Oh, Lee Leroy. Roy. God dang, I want to have him on so bad. We had some He's fun coming. times. He's on gonna him. have to have. We had some serious fun times. Dude, I would love to. I would love to work with him. Like, just go fishing. I've never been fishing with Lee, but I can only imagine. He's a handful. Like. <laughs> He's a handful. How He's, long did you work with Lee for? Uh, probably like two or three years, two and a half years, somewhere. Around. Two and a half years or so. Wow. Yeah, Long we had time. a big time. We caught a bunch of big fish. Well, he's no longer doing the the charter game no, anymore. He's so out. he was he like he peaked out with you, huh? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, he peaked out probably after me, and then he just kind of found something else. I mean, everybody. I mean, yeah, everybody finds a different way. Right? It happens. Yeah, no, it happens. You gotta love it, you know. 
Absolutely. I mean, look, I'm not in it full time, but my heart's still in it full time. Yeah. I mean, I try and get down here as much as possible I can. Right. What was the big things you you like to do with uh with Lee? Was it? Man, we had some big times. I mean, we we caught some giant warsaws. He used to have a was, was he still rig. into the tuna fishing like everybody else? Yeah, he was. We yeah. caught some big tunas. Yeah. We caught a couple of Blue Orleans, too, and a little Maricat. <laughs> we had some big times. Where, when you were a mate, even working for Lee, like, I know whenever you worked for Kevin, like, you were always after the Blue Marlin. Like, has it always been like that for you? Like, no, I mean, I mean, you know, talking to all the other mates down here, the tuna fish pays the bill, but the Blue Marlins are – the exclamation points and get the you that tip <laughs> well i mean not even i wouldn't say the tip because some some of the guys down here like they don't even want them right? they don't want them i yeah. mean i had I that had was the most frustrating thing to me whenever i first got down here was working for a captain and like a blue marlin coming up while you're tuna fishing is kind of in the way yeah more or less if you're not set up for it yeah right? and i mean and, look and that was me like what do you mean we're not going to catch the blue marlin? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I, I guess it's just say the the mindset of the people coming to Venice is that we're going to Tuna Town, but really it's the best fishing area of the port. I would I would almost say in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, for sure. Because you can do anything. You can go. F- you can catch a bass to a blue marlin the same day. Yeah. I mean, you can start off pitching the docks early, catch a bass, run down river, catch a trout, catch a redfish, go catch a tuna fish, catch a blue marlin, and your day's done. That's crazy. There's people that have done it, too. Yeah. I mean, Chris Wilson's done it. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, it is It is a crazy place that, like, you know, there's not – I mean, whenever I sit at – Whenever I'm sitting at the rocks down by Southwest Pass, you know, I always take a moment to tell all my clients, like, you don't realize where we're at right now. Like, and within this 12-square-mile area right here, you can catch anything from a largemouth bass to a blue marlin. Absolutely. And there's really not that many places in the world no. that are like that. You know no, what I mean? Maybe none. Not. Probably none. You none. Know? And, and everything in between that, you know, from, from – Snapper to triple tail yeah. to cobia to mahi's like it's all right there. <laughs> I mean, doubling back, going back to the Mishi boat that I worked on. I mean, our this is another one that's burned in my memory. We took my now wife; she was my girlfriend at the time, Alexis. We took her on a trip. It was New Orleans Invitational. We told her, "Look, you're the camera girl." She was nervous as can be. Because everything was tag and release. Yeah. So you had to get good video. I'll never forget it. We caught two blue marlins on the line in between Moxie and kind of like it was heading south of 143. First blue marlin she ever videoed. We get it up on a leader. I get it up on a leader. It's coming up. It's coming up. And I wish I had this video, but I was kind of computer illiterate at that time. I saved it to the Mac. It was on the guest profile, lost it. And I'll never forget it. She was like, holy shit. (laughs) It was her first time ever seeing one. Yeah. Caught another one, come back to Port Eads, and we were hanging out drinking cocktails on Port Eads. It's just, 
it's so close. <laughs> that is so close. I mean, you're you're talking like ten miles. Yeah, fifteen, yeah. maybe twenty miles at the max. Yeah. That's crazy to do that, like here in the Gulf of Mexico. You like, if somebody's listening to this in Hawaii, they might be like, "Oh, that's crazy." You know, like we can put them out coming out the yeah. inlet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we got to run a little bit. We're, yeah, we're not Kona privileged, but you know? but like when you look at the rest of the coastline, like you know, if you're in if you're in Florida or Mississippi or Texas, I mean, yeah. you're running days, a, a day. <laughs> it's gonna take you a day. Burn a lot of fuel. A lot of fuel. Yeah, that's wild. So you work for Lee, and then and then what was the next move? The next move was Mexican Gulf. Started working with Kevin, huh? No, no, with Billy. Billy, I'll never forget it. We were sitting behind Lady Lab, a Viking <laughs> that was in Cypress Cove. One that Jimmy Jimmy used to run. One that Jimmy used to run. Matt Thomas made it for him, mm-hmm. and we were sitting back there, and I was still working for Lee at the time, and I remember still to this day I was like man Kevin you know I'd like to get one of those Mexican golf shirts because I mean they were the epicenter of Venice mm-hmm. at mean, that they, time still they were the guys mm-hmm. I mean it was Kevin Beach and Billy Wells mm-hmm. both had Freemans both badass fishermen Billy was I think Billy was still fishing by himself Kevin had Jordan coming up and I'll never forget it on the back of the lay lab. Kevin looked at me and said, man, you got to earn it. And I was like, I will fish for these guys one day. I will mate for one of them. And I think probably about a week or two later, Billy needed a hand. He was like, man, you want to come work for me for the day? I said, yeah, no problem. Caught a couple fish. It was at Big Arcos. Was that the first time? No, who that? We're at who that? Caught a couple of decent fish. He was like, man, look, I got another trip next couple of days. Just come on and ride with me. We'll figure it out. And that was the first time I ever fished the big Arcos, which are no longer there. We ran out, caught a couple mullets, hauled ass the big Arco. Or it might have been a little Arco. One of those. And uh, threw out a couple mullets, and they came up. Big ones. The big, big ones. And Billy was like, we don't have enough mullets. I was like, what are we going to do? And he's like, reel them up. We're going to run back in and catch more mullets. <laughs> we ran all the way back in the South Pass, caught mullets, ran back out. I think we had three or four over 150 that day in a blue marlin. <laughs> and I stayed wow. with him. Caught the blue marlin on the mullet? Uh, caught the blue marlin on a pogey. On a pogey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First one I ever caught with Billy. I mean, the line was coming off the rigger. It was swimming up towards the bow. He was like, I said, man, that ain't right. So popped out the clip. Come tight. Still got the pictures on my phone. One of the guys had a, bu- a, a nice camera. And sure as shit, caught him in the big arco. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you do have a horseshoe up your ass for this thing. The no. first time you went ever offshore, you saw a blue marlin. Dude. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen often. <laughs> I don't have that much of a horseshoe. I can promise you that, Paul. <laughs> it's just fun. I mean, and look, that's just me. I mean, you like triple tail fishing. <sighs> man, people tell me. I, I think that's what I'm known for. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. it's not necessarily like every like, – like, I tell people, people always say, what do you want to fish for? I'm like, man, for me, it's like whatever I can dial in on at that time. So, like, 
you know, if I had a bigger boat, it'd probably be blue marlin because that's the biggest, baddest thing out there. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? I don't know why. I don't know why I gravitate. I, I, I do love triple tail fishing. Don't get me wrong, but like, you I feel like got, I try to appreciate everything that's out there. Yeah, you still <laughs> gotta take me catch one. I hadn't caught one with you. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do it. We'll go. We'll do it for sure. But it, it's a pretty fun rod. I mean, how long did you do that with Billy? I think I fished with Billy for like two years. Or a year and a half, something like that. Dude, I, I had no idea. Then I wound I, up, I wound up turning it down because I thought I was, I thought I had a decent job and thought I was gonna do a little bit better, and then I just wound up coming back. So like you went and tried something else for a little while. Yeah, I went and tried some more construction work, and then I wound up right back in Venice. Mm. What made you like? We were having second thoughts as to where uh, you, you just wanted to fish full time or too much going on in my mind. Right. You know. Hey, is this the right thing to do? Yeah. Going a lot. Then I want it to is a lifestyle. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, it's in your heart. I yeah. mean, that's why I'm still doing it today. I mean, I do have a – I don't do this full-time. I have a full-time job, but I'm fortunate enough to where I can still do this kind of at my ease. Right. What do you do now? So, like, you are you work for a – I work for my father-in-law's company. I got you. Trucking company, film material company, but and, and then on the on your on your days where you can, you work with, on the chase uh, tail. Absolutely. Fi- yep. Or company. I come down here and hang out with y'all. Yeah, yeah. Like today, like right now, guys, we're in the captain's den in Venice, and you just fished with Chad. Fish with Chad. First yeah. time I ever fished with Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Chad's awesome dude. I mean, Chad's he's good. Yeah. It's kind of slow fishing today, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you still love it. You wake up in the morning. You're in Venice. Sometimes it doesn't Dude, smell Chad that good. Chad works circles around all of us. That's a shame. <laughs> He's wide open. Full choke. <laughs> wide open, wide full open. choke. <laughs> he has one speed in his go. <laughs> it's cool to see. It's but, I mean, that's a, that's another thing. Like, I fish with a lot of people. You know, I fish with Richard Creed. He's got a boat down here. The target species. Learned a lot about lure fishing with him. I mean... That's a cool-looking boat, man. Yeah. It's an odd-looking boat. Oh, 31 Bertram Center Console. Yeah. <laughs> and his dad is a animal yeah. on stand-up. Yeah. Animal. That's I've never awesome. seen a guy. He'll be crashed out on a beanbag, rigger pops, he's up, ready to go. <laughs> ready to fight. Huh? Ready to fight him. <laughs> but, I mean, I fish with Colin Bird. I fish with Wade. I fish with Matt. I fish with Billy, Kevin. I mean, I fish with them all, and – the one thing I will say to any mate that's up and coming is you never stop learning. Yeah. The day you stop learning and you think you know it all, you just soon hang it up. I mean, you've you've had a lot of long stretches with captains. Would you say, like, s- s- I, I, I find that, like, some mates want to, like, jump from, like, boat to boat, you know what I mean? And, like you know, spend a season with this captain or a few months with this captain and then move to another captain and try and learn what they can with everybody. Do you, do you think that, that that's essential or do you think it's just like like if you could spend like, you know, a day on the boat or mate for one captain for five years, would you learn the same that if you worked for a different captain every year for it's five a, years? It's a double-edged sword. I mean, look. Because I've, I've thought about this a lot. I've know? been with Clayt. On the chase and tail since probably 2014. Yeah. You know, Rustin Rude, he was a mate when I got there. I learned a lot from Rustin. Yeah. 
I mean, he was dialed in on everything. Was it whether it was lure fishing, bait fishing, live baiting? I mean, he's good. He's really good. Clay's unbelievable. I mean, I talked to Clay probably three, four times a week. That's cool. Every week. Everybody's heard Clay on the podcast as well. Yeah. I, I really do appreciate you hooking that up. Oh, Clay James. Yeah. He's one of a kind. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it's a double-edged sword because I still fish a lot with different with other captains. and Yeah, it's like you can pick up on things working with other captains, but I feel like you don't really hit a good groove until you're like a, a year or two in with yeah, somebody. Yeah, absolutely. But it, if you just say you freelance a little bit and go fish with, I'll just use like Billy or Kevin, for example. Fish a couple of days with Kevin, fish a couple of days with Billy. Everybody does something yeah. totally different. Yeah, definitely may, doesn't hurt, right? They may bait fish different. They may live bait different. They, Their thought process of where the fish are going to be may be totally different. Right. But it's just of what you take and what you put in that memory bank Yeah, is what will make you a better fisherman at the end of the day. Yeah. And, like, growing your confidence with something like, you know, like I said, like you started out on the boat that just did lures. Like, yeah. Like, I think that's really essential, man. I really do. Because, like, if you get on a boat that, you know, or even with, like, like my first boat that I worked on that tuna fish was the Lady Ann out of Dolphin Island. And they loved to troll for tunas. Yeah. And they were freaking good at it, That's too. it. They were really good at it. And whenever I first came to Venice, nobody wants to give you the time of day, but I would commonly say, you know, like, why don't we troll for them? Why don't we troll for them? And... It was weird, like, you know, they taught me a lot about when I started working with Chad PK over at Voodoo, yeah, taught that. me a ton about live baiting, yep. and I was always hung up on the trolling because I was so confident with the trolling for him, and uh, a couple years later, working with Jake, you know, we had had an opportunity to do that, and, sh like, getting that to work, trolling yep. for tunas, I mean, it was a ton of fun, you know? Yeah, there's mean, a lot of different ways you can do it. There's that's one thing about Kevin, I mean... When Kevin and I, st when I started fishing with Kevin, I mean, I remember that one time he was like, man, what about a dredge? Because Kevin always used to pull a dredge in the, kind of, I would say, the the in-between winter and springtime when the fish kind of keyed in on Ballyhoo. And, man, we racked them up on a dredge. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Kevin, I don't have the videos, but I know Kevin has them. We, we put a troll pro in the middle of a dredge, and we had... 60 pound yellowfin on video coming up coming looking up at, at the dredge it. and then going to the naked ballyhoo that was swimming on top of it that's so cool it was nuts it that's was nuts. so cool watching them come up at dredges I don't, I don't think i've ever seen that i mean you gotta you gotta have a little bit of knowledge in every aspect of fishing yeah i think to make you a better mate I think so too you gotta be a well-rounded person i yeah, said it all you the gotta, time as a fisherman right you gotta be open to different ways of fishing yeah man I, I think like having a like a limited belief yeah like like if you think that like something isn't gonna work yeah i mean the guy that's driving if he says hey we're gonna troll ballyhoos and put two dredges out for tuna fish you gotta put every conf every piece of confidence you have in the guy that's driving that you're doing the right there's thing. a reason why we're doing this yeah yeah. You got to put out in the back of your mind, like, hey, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. You got to just go ahead full steam 
and give it 100%. When do you think as a mate is a good time to, like, like you don't ever want to question your captain, but, like, you is never there ever – You never do. You never do. You never do. You never want to because you want to be confident and you want to fish confidence. That's it. And trust their decision making, yeah. but I mean, is there ever a time as a mate that you would say like make a suggestion or anything like that? Or I mean, or suggestions are always to? are always good, but at the end of the day, he's the one driving the rig, right? Because I mean, I remember talking to Clay, like he, you know, he, he made it sound like whenever it came to decision about where to go and things like that. Oh yeah, it might be like a. It might be a it's collaboration. A it's there's a, a there's a team thing, but I mean, there's at the end of the day, he is the captain. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, it's no I and team, but yeah, you, we're on the chasing tail or any other tournament, but we're a team. I mean, if Clayton says, "Hey, we want to go here because I think it's this," we're behind him a hundred percent, right? Because we have. To. I mean, not say we have to, but. We have all the confidence in the world. If he puts it's the us, only way it's going to work. That's it. He puts us on the fish, we're going to catch him. Yeah. He marks the fish with a sonar. Nine chances out of ten, we're going to hook him. Yeah. I mean, he, he puts us in the right spot. I mean, I, I love Clay to death. It's, we have a big time on that thing. <laughs> it sounds like it, man. He sounds like a really awesome guy to He's work He's down with. to earth, soft-spoken. I mean, if he says, hey, reel him up, we're moving. We don't question nothing. Right. You we just, just go. It. You just do it. Yeah. We just do it. Yeah. That's so cool, man. But it, it comes it comes a I guess you'd say a relationship with him. I mean, Clay's been on that boat for a long time. I mean, I've been on that boat for a pretty long time. Yeah. And it's just And that's the way it works best, right? Yeah. I mean you say you've been there since twenty thirteen. No, 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 not with Clay twenty thirteen. I got with Clay Chasing twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Wow, so that's still eight years. The kids were catching chicken dolphin. I'll never forget it. We had like 45 chicken dolphin in live oil swimming at night. <laughs> the Luxy Tournament. <laughs> and, I mean, the kids are bigger than me now. I mean, I'm a short guy, but they're good <laughs> as gold. That's cool, man. Mm. How you liking this yellowfin vodka? It's pretty good. You like it? It's the first time I've ever had it. Paul poured me a stiff one. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking it with some sweet tea is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, um, when you started working for Kevin, like, was that like a a big transition for you? I mean, Kevin's yeah. got a lot of <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kevin's hardcore. It was like Chad, wide open, full choke. Yeah, that's one of the things I was about to say with Clay is like I f- I feel like I've always I've started saying this recently, but the captain holds the standard. Oh yeah, for the boat. How Which, the boat's going to be maintained. Yeah, yeah. How the you know what the and look I what can, the attitude and the camaraderie on the boat's going to be like. I'll say this with with Clayton them on a chasing tail. I'm just a weekend guy. Right. I show up on Wednesday. Right. I mean, I give it all to Rustin and Poncho, who's the first mate now, and Tyler was the mate the last two years. I mean, those those cats got it dialed in. Dialed in. I mean, I'm just the guy that shows up ready to cook, catch bait, you know, drive the boat a little bit. You really get to go do all the fun shit. Yeah, I mean, those <laughs> guys, day in and day out, they're grinding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I go fish tournaments. I come back on Sunday. I'm back on Tuesday, you know. Yeah. I mean, they, they got to deal with all the hiccups, all the fixing, you know, all the, oh, man, we, we got to 
do we this. Pump the spot to go out. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't say enough about them guys. They they keep the boat top. They, notch, they yeah. always kept the boat tip top shape. Yeah. And I, mean, and I we, feel like all that does always start with the captain. Like you can see it whenever you see a boat. Oh you know? yeah. Like, cause you know, a, a you know, a, a lazy mate's not gonna hang around somebody yeah. like you know somebody like Clay. You know what yeah. I mean? There's there's not um like the, the standard that's held is like so important, especially oh, yeah. on a big boat for and, sure. and a charter boat for sure. For sure. And it bleeds through. People can look that's at it. it and see it. That's <laughs> you know, it. I mean, you that's can look at it, the boat, for sure. <laughs> and see it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But like, whenever you started working with Kevin, I mean, like, I mean, he's. You know, he's got, like, a huge clientele. He's so booked and, like, you know, huge personality. Like, what kind of role did you take whenever you started working with Kevin, man? Man, I just kind of was like a sponge. (laughs) I started learning. The first couple (laughs) weeks, first couple months, I mean, I was just kind of the quiet guy in the back. Got all my stuff done, made sure the boat was good, you know, fished hard, and then kind of we started meshing. And when we meshed, I mean, it was – great huh? it was a big time <laughs> i will cherish those days for the rest of my life that's awesome for man. sure because i feel like you and kevin had that same mo as far as the oh yeah marlin goes i mean we knew mean? we the tuna fish paid the bills yeah and but you always, guys were still always he always told me that he's like the tuna fish pays the bills he had to remind you of that huh? get the tuna <laughs> fish in the boat parker <laughs> and we will go blue marlin fishing and that's how it was. I mean, we had some big days. I mean, we had some. Were were did you ever feel like you were that that guy? Like you know, like uh, you know, charter fishing. You know, you you can you can catch your tunas. You can go catch snappers. You can go do something else. You can go home. You know, because I mean, if somebody catches ten, ten yeah. tunas, I mean. What what more can they ask for? You Not know? much. Were you the guy to say let's go for the blue marlin, or would you um, did you have things rigged up, or was that like Kevin there too? Doing that's that? like a I always had a always had a big big rod ready to go, right. big circle hook, pitch bait rod was there, pitch bait rod, little keeper hook in case we had to live bait for a little while, but it it was all on the customers. You had to feel them out. Yeah. You got to talk to them. I mean, you got to make them feel comfortable. You got to say, "Hey, did you ever catch a blue marlin? What, what's kind of what, what do you want to do today?" Because a lot of guys, you don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, they might say, "Man, we came here to catch tuna, but I never caught a blue marlin, so let's try it." Yeah. And also, I feel like as a guide, like whenever somebody's getting into anything, you know, they don't know what cool really is no they don't have a clue you know what i mean they they might think that going and catching a bunch of fish to take home for dinner is cool because that's all they've been ever told is cool. yeah, yeah. but they might not have ever seen a blue marlin eat a 50 pound tuna and start oh, raising hell or <laughs> i'll never forget it we were at elf this was right when the flippy floppy came out probably like five months after i started working with kevin and he was like man whatever you want whatever you need from professionals go get it so I stroll into Jimmy's and he's like, "Man, you saw these things? Bill Pino Squid Nation Flippy Floppy." No, but I'll, I'm gonna try it. Kevin had this old Tiagra. I really think it it survived Katrina and the old Grava because <laughs> it was corroded. <laughs> he had 300 pound monofilament on it. It had a little bitty old nubby. 
like teaser reel uh guide on the top and man we put this thing out and i think we were at elf yeah we were at elf i had a hot pink flip, flippy floppy it had one two three four flippy floppies and then i had a black mold craft where I bought like five other mold craft from Jimmy's on Kevin's account and I stuffed the back side of this mold craft blackhead. It had red, green, hot pink, yellow, and just piled it on up there. <laughs> and we threw this thing out, and Kevin's just looking at me shaking his head. He's like, Man, what are you putting now? I said, Look, let's let's just try it. And I'll never forget it. We had three guys. We had a little bitty bait box, 65 Yeti, tucked up behind the uh, drink box. And they were all sitting there. And we come around Elf, make one pass, make another pass. The sun's at our back. We're looking down. You could see it's cobalt blue water. And here comes 300-pound blue marlin, probably 200 yards out. He misses all the trolling lures <laughs> and piles on this flippy floppy. And I'm sitting there. Kevin's like, what are we doing? I was like, get this thing out of the water. <laughs> and I'm grabbing it. Kevin's on the back of the boat with a blue and white islander and a ballyhoo. I'm jerking it out of the water. Kevin's like hitting this blue marlin on the top of the head. And we made two full circles before the fish finally bit. <laughs> and the greatest thing was... Wait, so it was following you the whole time? Yeah. Or? I mean, we just... Kevin kind of put the boat in turn. Luckily, we'd have hit the rig. <laughs> and the customers are sitting there like, holy moly, this is the baddest thing we've ever seen. I mean, because we were down son of it, so you could see in the water, and this fish is tearing it up right off the back of the transom. <laughs> and we finally hooked the fish. <laughs> but it was nuts. That's and, wild. And those guys were like... That was the coolest shit we've ever seen. That's awesome. But, I mean, you've seen it. A lot of guys hook fish or you see a giant tuna fish blow up and they don't even see it. <laughs> yeah. It's true. They, it's all the time. They man. don't. I'm like, how did you – What do you? were you not, like, looking? like? <laughs> but, I mean, look, it is. they're living for the day. I mean, they're on yeah. a trip to have fun. I think you have to develop an eye for fish. You Absolutely. You, you definitely have to de develop 100%. what you're looking for. You know? I mean, you got to be able to see that fish behind the boat, in the wave, dark yeah. color. you got to know what you're looking for. I've always heard a guy say, like, if you really want to train your eye – just for listeners listening, whenever you release a fish, yep. try and watch that Watch fish it as far as it goes. As far as you can see it. And, yep. And, and eventually you'll kind of catch Your eyes on will, will train for it, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Man, so working for Kevin, like, what was the biggest blue marlin you guys ever caught together? Was there any giants that you guys? We didn't have no giants. We did have one that was surfing. Y'all caught a bunch, because I remember coming back. We caught a the bunch. <laughs> the, the, the funniest one was... Whenever we had uh, Marlin University. Oh, dude, I remember that. Kevin had to go away for a funeral, and I'll never forget it. I had a bunch of Brazilian guys. These guys, I could not Explain what you, Marlin University is. For real quick so it was, listeners. it was pretty much like a charter, but all you did was blue marlin fish, which they had a little tuna tournament. 
We, and these guys, like, the way that it was set up, like, didn't they have, like, I, I don't know. I'm just asking because I, I wasn't there. Like, I didn't, I wasn't involved in it. But isn't Marlin University, like, you have these, like, big-time captains that know a ton about Blue Marlin. And yeah, they're like, kind of, like, teaching people that kind of signed up for the Correct. For like, the, we, had, the thing, we right? had Bo Jens on the boat. Badass fireman. Unbelievable. Australian guy. Cool as the backside of a pillow. We also had Dave Farrell, which was the editor at large for Marlin Magazine for a while. We had those two guys on the boat kind of splitting shifts with us. And the first day, Kevin and I caught two. We caught one at Thunder Horse on a hardtail, caught another one at Thunder Horse on a lure. So we had caught two, came back in. Kevin had to go for a funeral. And he was like, you got the boat tomorrow. So I had Chris Fodder. Remember Chris? Yeah, Chris Fodder, yeah. Chris came with me. He was, I think he was working for Zach. Yeah, he, we worked for Zach. For like yeah, he was working for Zach, but Zach had Wade because Wade was off, so Chris jumped on the boat with me. And we had the Brazilians. I could not understand anything they said besides <laughs> cigarette. That was the only thing. They didn't bring no cigarettes, but it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> so we're live baiting around this drill ship. It's probably lunchtime or something like that. And I, I pull a suicide pass. I'm like, it is what it is. We're going to catch them where we ain't. I pull these two live baits off the bow of this drill ship. One like live real bait. close, right? Uh, like super close. Yeah. Barracuda close. <laughs> one live bait starts stretching out to the left. The other one kind of starts digging down. Next thing you know, I'm behind a blue ball on the left bait. Left bait gets crushed. Chris is like, what did I do? I said, reel the bait in slowly in case there's another one. Chris gets eaten 10 feet behind the boat. <laughs> so right now we got two blue marlins on 300-pound circle hooks jumping. Holy cow, on a center console. On a 37 Freeman. <laughs> and Dave Farrell, editor of Blue Marlin Magazine, was like, we got a double header. I said, yeah, Dave, we do. <laughs> so I started, I started backing up, and these fish jumped over each other one oh, time. no. And I was panicking. So Chris gets them untangled, literally went over each other one time, and they split separate ways. So we wound up catching the first fish, slammed it up to full. I mean, it was it was a rat. I mean, it was 200 pounds. Catch that one. The other guy, I can't think of his name. His Brazilian name. He's on the bow. He's backing up. We got him in like 13 pounds of drag. Fish is scoping out. We're on tack 50, so we got a pile of line. Chris lets this one go. I tell him, I said, look, we're just going to kind of skirt the edge of the line. And we're going to go ahead and get your fish. And sure as shit. I mean, fish stayed on top. We could see him probably 200 yards out, somewhat tailing. Reeled it right up. Caught a double header. Fish for a little while, didn't get no bites. They were like, man, let's go in. So we rolled in, and I'll never forget this. I wish I still had a text message. I texted Kevin. I was like, where are you? He was like, I'm driving down the road. So I texted him. I said, hey, I need another blue marlin flag because we only had one on the boat. I think we gave Jordan and somebody another one the day yeah. before. And he was like, man, you caught two? And so he called me. He said, man, you caught two of them? I said, yeah, I caught a doubleheader, and he hung up on me. 
I'll never forget it. He hung up on me. I called him back. I was like, hey, bro, I really need another flag. He was like, you caught a doubleheader? I said, yes. He hung up on me again. And when I pulled in the dock at Cypress Cove, he was waiting there with another blue marlin flag. He's like, I have never caught a doubleheader in the Gulf of Mexico. And I can't believe you just did it. I said, man, you ought to be proud of me. Yeah. And he was. He was. He was He was tickled pink. He was like, That's yes. funny, man, because, like, you know, Kevin's one of the guys that, like, you know, th- there's some people that get, like, he was definitely a little envious of you at that time. You could definitely tell. I don't think he was envious. I think he was kind of excited, but he didn't want to show his excitedness, I guess you'd call it the right word. Because might be. It, it might be a little envy, but, like, there's certain people, that, like, Kevin's one of those guys, like, if I catch something cool, like, I yeah. want to tell Kevin because yeah. he's going to be happy for yeah, me most absolutely. of the time. And that's probably why you wanted yeah. to – to tell him. I mean, he was my boss at the time. I was running the boat for him. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, you know, there's you definitely get that vibe whenever you tell somebody, yeah. like, oh, I caught a giant. I mean. Whatever, you know. <laughs> look, I mean, he was pretty much like my best friend for five years. I mean, I, I've spent, I spent more time with him than I did, which is my wife now. I mean, yeah. we, we were 200, 210 days together yeah. all year. At the hip. Yeah. At the hip. Yeah. That's He'd make cool. fun of me. I'd make fun of him, you know. Four and a half or how long? I think so. Four and a half, five years. Wow. He was like a oh. – First 37, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's like a shepherd that lost his dog when you left. Huh? That's it. <laughs> I still like to come back and fish with him every now and then. We get a big kick out of it. I bet so. <laughs> Old Beach. Old Beach, man. You can't uh, – can't, there's only one of those. No, there's, there's there's definitely only one Kevin Beach. For anybody listening, if you've never been to Venice and fish, fish with Kevin Beach, definitely just go at least one day. But the Marlin, the Marlin University guys, I mean that, those, I mean, I, do you remember how many like because they chartered out a bunch of our boats, right? Yeah, I think it chartered out five of them at the time. Do you, how many Marlins did you guys catch? We racked them up that week. I think I, I remember say, it was like 13. I want to say every boat caught two a day. Really? I mean, that was – Paul, that was the only time the fleet actually blew marlin fish. I know, and that's what – I like, I remember – I like, I remember this. I don't know – I can't remember if I was with Voodoo or Jake at the time over at Brand, but I remember people talking about it before Marlin University came down here, and they were like, kind of like, "Oh yeah, you know, good luck. We'll see how they do." Yeah. And I think by the end of it, I want—I don't know if this is—if this is the right number, but I want to say at the end of it, you guys had caught like 13 blue marlins. I think it was more than that. Was more than that. Yeah. And everybody was just kind of blown away. And more, we had more <laughs> shots than what we caught. Oh, I mean, I'm sure you're not. If you catch 13, you had. Yeah, Kevin and I on last day. We rolled up to Medusa, and it was like Marlin University, but it was also a quote-unquote tournament, so they right. wanted to catch tuna fish as well. So we caught a dink, probably like a 30-pound yellowfin, and we brought it up. And I'll never forget it. Bo Jens was standing on side of me. Put a 30-pound yellowfin out, 10-pound blackfin, and this fish comes up and inhales the 30-pound yellowfin. Jesus. Inhales it. <laughs> the phone, the video is still on my phone somewhere. Ken Crockett, he was the guy on the rod, and this fish aired it out. 
And Kevin was like, oh, it's 500 pounds. And Bo Jens looked at Kevin and was like, that fish hadn't seen 500 pounds in a couple of years. It was huge. <laughs> it's a big one, huh? It was huge. You guys, and then that's the one y'all at missed? that time, we I think it jumped a couple of times. We busted it off. And then Jordan had caught a giant one at Moxie. At Moxie? Yeah. Wow. It was nuts. It was a fun time. I bet so, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, you guys had to have been so nervous going in that. I mean, you got these big time guys coming well, I mean, with you, you guys. Got guys you got guys that are paying big money just to come blue marlin. Yeah, I mean, because they're paying these big time captains to teach them, and then yeah. chartering out boats and tipping and everything else. I mean, these guys are paying a ton of money. That's a that's a lot more stress than your typical charter. And then for you guys to capitalize on that, I mean, oh, that had, it, had it been it was, a freaking awesome feeling. It man. was, and. I'm speaking for myself. It was probably one of the most rewarding moments in Venice for me. Really, I bet. I can it was, imagine. I mean, we go out and do that's the like deal. proving yourself in we a go, lot of ways. We man. do the deal day in and day out down here. We go tuna fishing. We catch tuna fish. Yeah. And these guys were coming to tuna fish and blue marlin fishing. Every boat caught two or three fish a day. Yeah. Unheard of. It is unheard of. I mean, yeah. no sonar, no nothing. It is crazy, and it also makes me think, like, if we did go target Blue Marlins more often, I mean, we're going for tunas. Yeah. How many more would you catch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, man. It's fun. I mean, it definitely is fun, for sure. So you fished for four and a half, five years with Kevin, and then you got married, right? Yep. And decided you wanted to kind of have a, a nine-to-five of some sort, right? Yep. <laughs> Seven to four, something Seven like that. Seven to four. <laughs> <laughs> but still go fishing with Clayton and on Chase and Taylor every time they go. I feel like that fits it, man. I feel like that's oh, it's, nice. It's nice. It's a, I won't say it's a detach, but you still get to go out and do, I guess, quote, unquote, where your heart's at. Yeah. You know, one thing I always tell my brother, my older brother especially, I told my younger brother too, but, you know, he always would say, like, man, I wish I could do what you're doing. You know what I mean? I wish I could go be a charter fisherman and fish every day like you're doing. He tell he would say that from time to time. My older brother's a golf bro, so he's uh -huh. I mean, he's doing what he loves yeah. as well. But I'd say, man, like I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, whenever you're doing that nine to five, you crave going fishing. You oh, yeah. crave going out on the water Absolutely. sometimes. And I hate to say it, but like whenever you're twenty days in. You're it, tired, man. You don't necessarily – like, if you had the day off, you wouldn't necessarily be dying to go back out there, you yeah. know. And to have – you know, now that you're working, you know, a, a four to seven job or whatever, you you know that that's seven that to four. Seven to four. Seven to four. <laughs> seven to four job. <laughs> but you know – like, that – that builds up that craving to get oh, yeah. back out there. You're ready you know to go. What I mean? You're ready to get back out there. You're go. not burnt out at all. No. So I mean, I mean, dude, that sounds like a really cool fit. For it, you. It's a cool fit. I mean, I'm sure my it's wife, hard to get that right. If you ever talk to my wife, she's like, I don't know how I would do it if he wouldn't go fishing. You know, It'd really drive her crazy. <laughs> but it, it's it's fun, for sure. Yeah, I always do. Whenever I get some time off or whatever, it, it is cool to get that, like that eagerness to get back out there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean, like, I, even whenever I take time off. I mean, now, even, even like, pre-tournament weekends, I'll sit there and check Hilton's 7 o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the afternoon, 
eight thirty at night trying to see kind of what the water's doing. Calling Bou- people, asking bouncing everything, calling all the boys down here, you know. Yeah. Cause Clay's like, what they're saying down there. I was like, hold on, we we gonna get a good report, <laughs> you know. Just don't worry about it. We'll, we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you definitely, definitely keep in touch with the guys down here as much as I possibly can. Yeah, man. I mean, not even for the reports. I mean, you know, I'll call them bullshit with you just for yeah. What's yeah. going on? How's life been? You know. Yeah, man, you've also been, like, I don't know if you realize it or not, but also, like, a huge part, like, of me doing this podcast just because, like, you know, you're you're somebody that I've always respected whenever it came to fishing. You've been doing it longer than me. You were here before me. And so, like, whenever you, like, whenever I initially started the podcast and I had, like, my first two episodes and to have, like, guys like you reach out and be like, dude, keep doing that. That's badass. That's awesome. We need to keep doing that. It's awesome. I mean, it's it's unbelievable i mean you hear the stories i've heard the stories and and still i haven't heard some of the stories that have been on here yeah you know, like jordan and kevin and all them guys i mean i've been knowing them for a while but still some of the stories they say on here is just it's mind-blowing it is yeah it is you know what i mean so even, even clade i mean man the numerous hours i've spent talking to clade offshore it's just yeah it's gonna be cool to see how the podcast evolves too because like you know i feel like the more we do it like i'm having a lot of fun talking with you right now and i feel like the more like like i'll do it with uh like when after i did the one with jordan like he was like dude that was fun yeah no it's a blast (laughs) it is fun to be able to talk about it (laughs) the guys that are listening i was kind of like hesitant but it it, it, it's so you don't get to talk about things in this in depth and like a one-on-one conversation like people always got like things getting on and your phone going on so i think the longer that the podcast goes on and people like it becomes something that they want to do rather yeah. than something that i'm asking them to do yeah. it's it's going to become like you know a really cool thing no, I hope, you just got to come into it with an open mind and just talk i mean it's it's a little like doc talk yeah it is if the mosquitoes wasn't so bad outside we'd probably be sitting outside <laughs> yeah and then eventually i want to get like you know more people like we get like three or four yeah guys once the audience knows everybody it'd be yeah. really cool to do things like that absolutely too. all right so i'm gonna ask you about this um story because i never heard it from you but i did see the video and like this one might be one that you might not want to tell but i want to hear it and then you can tell me something that that I do want to <laughs> that you want to tell. But you sent a video of us in the group chat, and you, you guys were fishing a tournament and had a jagungus marlin on, and popped off right at the boat. But I mean, Emerald Coast two years ago. Two? Was it not last year? No. It's, uh, hold on. Look at my phone. Maybe maybe it was last year. I swear it was last year. Because if it was two years ago, I would have known about it before I talked to Clayton, I feel like. No, it was definitely last year. Yeah. Hold on. I'm looking. I don't want to give the the audience a (laughs) false record. (laughs) Yep, last year. Last year. That was a tough one to swallow. Man. So you guys were fishing the Destin tournament? Destin tournament. The old Marlin rig. Marlin, y'all were close. Yeah, we were close. Hooked the fish. I mean, last minute. And it really? Was like, you, so this was like uh, Saturday? This was Saturday. This was Saturday. Let's see when the video was shot. 
It was Saturday, probably. Noonish. Noonish, if I had to guess. Like eleven forty is when we popped her off, and it was Cinderella story. I mean, we had a, we kind of had a tough tournament. Lost a couple fish, jumped off a couple fish. It was setting up. Clay got a mark, got bit, down and tight. John's on the rod, fish coming up, and just. It was a weird bite. I was on the rod when I hooked it, and, like, the fish ate, and it kind of swam towards us. And it didn't just, it didn't do nothing crazy. I'm like, hey, it's kind of swimming towards us. When I finally pushed it up, we came tight, and the fish kind of took off a little bit of drag. Never really got us in the backing, never really made no big runs. Kind of made a little half-ass BS jump away from us. And it looked okay. I mean, we're all in headsets. Clay's like, man, it, it, it looks pretty good, but I'm not sure. And so Tyler gets on the water, on the wire. And I'm looking at the other guy we had with us, Chop. I'm like, man, this is a this is a good one. We ought to stick this one. And Clay's in the headset. He's like, yeah, it, it, it'll probably ride. And I mean, we're an hour and 15 minutes in, and Fish is coming up. Fish is coming up. Gas. I mean, you're you're an hour and fifteen minutes in, but you guys. I mean, you're down into the crunch. I mean, you oh guys yeah, got, you guys got to make it all the way back. I mean, we're testing. we're looking at time. Like, man, we got a little bit of time left. But if this fish dumps, we're gonna have to pour the coals to her. And fish comes up. Tyler's leading it up. I mean, he's nice and easy with it. We're all talking amongst each other. Very calm. Fish is coming up, fish is coming up, fish is coming up. And I'll never forget it. Never. The fish dropped its tail a little bit. And she opened her mouth and she kind of swung her head towards the boat. And when she swung her head away from the boat, pink, goes the leader. Oh. Chewed through. I mean, the gas were over the over the covering board. Like we were ready to stick her. Dude, the the, video, the video. The video is the most heartbreaking thing. Oh, it, I think. it was. Whenever it was you terrible. sent that to us in the group chat, man, I was like, oh my god. It, it I don't was, know if that's like the worst case uh, scenario was, for any fish that could ever be lost. It <laughs> a was big fish in a. I mean, one of the biggest payout tournaments in the Northern Gulf. Yeah, it was. I there mean, was some choice words said for a little while, and everybody got quiet, and then everybody kind of loosened back up when we finished. Was that your hardest loss, would you say? I would say so. Definitely up Just there, because it was setting up to be a Cinderella story. It was, yeah. At the last day, the last day, minute. last minute, last stop, Tyler's birthday. I mean, look, I, I consider Tyler's a dear friend of mine. I mean, I talk to him probably once, twice a week now. I mean, I still do. And it was like, man, this is going to be awesome. I mean, <laughs> and it just, it happened. But, it, I mean, it's fishing. You're going to have is. that. It is, man. You're going to have the fish stories. You almost have to have something like that happen for you to know, like, like what can happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that yeah. feeling will stick with you forever. Absolutely. And you know that you have to have your shit together. Well, I, mean, <laughs> it, I mean, you guys did have your shit and together. And it wasn't our shit it. wasn't together. It was just, it was it's just how the cards laid out. Yeah. You know? It wasn't that fish's day, man. It wasn't the fish's day. It wasn't his day to die. It wasn't it. the fish's day to die. 
I just, I just <laughs> having the flying gap and everything, like, like literally about to like yeah. figure out when to reach. For I mean, it. it was, it was Tyler, me, and our buddy Chop right next to each other. We were like, man, we're gonna stroke this one. I'm pulling the boat. Just didn't happen. Wow. Wasn't the fish's day. You know that. I mean, how many big triple tail you hooked? Oh, dude, you miss a lot of big fish. I mean, if you go catch, you know, say you go catch whatever, a ten of anything yeah. that are, like, the biggest size of its yeah. species, I mean, you're not going to catch every single no. one. <laughs> but you learn from it all the time. Yeah. You yeah. Learn, learn as it. much as you can from Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Know? I mean, there's nothing we could have did. No. I don't I don't think so in that instance, but that, that, that feeling definitely – is almost what makes you love it even more. Oh, it makes you want to go back. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, man, let's hook another one. Yeah. You know, we're going fishing next weekend? <laughs> no? Why not? Let's go Let's go get them, you know? But I mean, you guys had some redemption last year, though, right? Uh, year before last. No, we had some – we had good trips last year, but the year before when we went seven for – it sounds terrible. We were seven for 14. It was – the most I think Clayton might have maybe it was just after his podcast. I can't remember if No, it was, it was before. It was before. It yeah, was probably the that. most unreal bite I've ever seen. Was it really? Yeah. I mean, we're let a fish go. Clayton's like, Y'all got a bait ready? I'm like, dude, we just let it go. He's like, Well, I got a mark. Throw the baits out, bam, got another one on. I think we got thirteen fish at one rig. Caught thirteen? Yeah. In That's a day and a half. Crazy man. That's insane. It was nuts. It was the it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I mean, dude, we got And Clay would attest to it, so would Tyler. I mean, it was insane. I mean, how I mean, have you blue marlin fished anywhere else in the world other than like I mean Gulf a little bit in Costa Rica, but mostly in the Gulf. I mean, I mean, like, back does that compare? Like, how does that compare to other blue marlin fisheries? I mean, to catch. I mean, Costa Rica's insane. Smaller fish, but catch well, bunches of pre sonar. I mean, you used to ride around and catch a fish at a rig. So, all right, we caught the one that was here. <laughs> Mosey on the next rig, right? I mean, we caught we hooked 13 fish at one rig. Wow, it was Crazy. nuts. That is wild. I remember the most I ever seen was on the Lady Ann, and we had like we caught whatever we hooked, we caught three, but we hooked five. It was like all in like a three hour, two to three, right before sun went down. But that was my first time seeing like, oh, there's like these things actually school up or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, before that, that one we caught 13, we hooked 13 in one rig on that Mishi boat. We caught five in one rig. And I was like, this is insane. Wow. I mean, I was even on the, I was on the helm for one, the last one. The cap Al went down. Uh, I guess he used the bathroom to fix a sandwich, and I was trolling around, and bam, hooked one. I was like, "Man, you come and drive." He's like, "No, you got it." So he wound up wiring the last one. Every we had, who were six, yeah, six for eight. Everybody caught one but me. I think even Al caught one. <laughs> I think yeah, they had the last one. Huh? Last one or second to last one. Al just so happened to wind up being in the cockpit when we got bit. He jumped in the chair. Al was the. He was the captain. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. <laughs> Lance, I think Lance Walker was next to us. He was like, man, y'all are just stringing them up. <laughs> guess, guess. Guess so. We got a school of them here, Cap. Can't man. let them swim on. <laughs> it was nuts. But some big times. Had a bunch of fun. Met How, a lot of how's people. it been this year? It's been pretty good. Yeah. Grass has been terrible. Yeah. Have you guys placed at all? I don't I don't no. know. No. No. We catching everything knock on wood. We're seeing. <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's crazy. Do you feel like boats when have like their when streaks? When it's your time, it's your time. That's what I was gonna say. Like boats have streaks, right? Yeah. They have like a yeah. Something like a streak that goes about them, and I mean, you got you got preparation, which is sixty to seventy percent, and the rest is luck. Yeah. If you land on them and you're prepared, you should capitalize. Right. But it's fishing. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. There you is def- there is a definite luck factor, man. I say it all the time. Like, I had my one of my guys today, Scott Thomas. Um, He's never had a bad trip down here to Venice. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It's 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 truly mind blowing to me how he's come here so many times and he's never had a bad trip. Some people and he says that all the time. And I'm like, like he's like even a few years ago when it was so terrible, stroked him like every single time. And it, like, but the crazy thing is, is he's such a good guy and like has such a, the right attitude about yeah. everything. If we didn't catch anything, he'd be like, eh. It's going to happen it's eventually. <laughs> he would be fine with it, but I'll it captain, never does happen. How Captain Ron said that? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen out there. <laughs> He's, dude, he told me yesterday he went fishing with Billy, and they didn't have anything in the boat at 1130, and they got back to the dock with 12 tunas. I see. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's that's just, I mean, just some people keep, got it. And then some people, it. I wonder why they even come back. <laughs> got to keep your head down got to keep grinding. Yeah. So everything, life, fishing, doesn't matter. Just yep. keep grinding. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Just keep going. <laughs> well, man, before I la- ask my last question, do you have any more, like, stories or anything you want to share or, like, any anything else? Man. Questions? I, mean? I think I pretty much covered them all. <laughs> that was a lot. This that was is a pretty lot. long one. Yeah, it was a long one. Well, I'll go ahead and ask you the last question then, man. Like, what, what do you think? I mean, you're in the Marlin circuit – What's your take on conservation? What more do you think we can do to? I wish more people it? would satellite tag. Satellite tag, really? Yeah. <clears throat> In all aspects, I wish the guys would satellite tag some more swordfish down here. I really wish the Billfish Foundation would say, "Hey, we're gonna come to Venice. We're gonna have ten sat tags, and we're gonna take three Mexican boats." two voodoo boats two paradise boats and we're gonna go sat tag these swordfish because i really think it's a i won't say an untapped fishery i don't do much sword fishing yeah do you even like sword fishing i do i you do, do? It, it, it's fun when they're biting right like right. billy wells says it's the best thing when they're biting it's the worst thing when they're not biting yeah but i do think we'll learn a lot same with the blue marlin I mean, that was two years ago. The Billfish Foundation satellite tagged a handful of fish. I'll send you the videos because Clayt sent them to me. It was OBBC two years ago. The Billfish Foundation was there. 
and they put it on this giant projector of where these blue marlins went in three to four months. I mean, these fish were swimming 60, 70 miles a day. Wow. All throughout the Gulf. All over the place, huh? One was tagged at, like, Delta House. It went down, hung out in Green Canyon for a couple of days, about a week. Come back up, way in, like, three miles from the river. Went back out towards Thunder Horse. Came back in towards Lena. Made a big loop, like, towards Appomattox. And then wound up heading back out towards the eastern seaboard. And the tag popped off, like, south of Key West. Wow. We, so they, they we might not be, like, residential. There might be some that migrate through. There's right? some that migrate. There's some that's residential. But we have no idea about this. Right. And me is, I guess you'd say, a fanatic. I mean, I haven't seen half of what these mates have seen in the Gulf, that blue marlin fish. But it's always mind-boggle me how much these fish move each day. Yeah, it is. We have no idea. Yeah. What makes them come in? What makes them stay out? What makes them hang out at a rig for five or six days? Right. What makes them get hooked? And then the next thing you know, five days are out of the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And you're right. Like, Do they come in here to breed? Yeah. Do they come in here to lay their eggs? Yeah. You know, where are the quote-unquote big fish come to hatch we don't know yeah you definitely don't that would be like a huge source of knowledge if same we did, as a swordfish if we tagged them yeah you know just say if you let a 150 pound pup go and you sat tagged him, and the tag stayed on for three months and you ca- recapture the tag yeah how much information will you learn in three months be a ton for sure. A ton, especially for swordfish, man. Like that's such one of the. We probably know less about swordfish. Than, Absolutely. Than anything. We don't. Swordfish, blue marlins. We don't know anything. Tunas. Yeah, we really don't. <laughs> you know. Yeah. When you think about it that way, I mean, the tags that like Craig and stuff put in the triple tail. Yeah. You know where it's caught and where it's captured. I mean, what, what was that? A couple months ago, Craig had a triple tail he tagged off of Biloxi, and it was, it was recaptured like, off of... Like, it was like 16 or 18 inches, and then... Boca Grand? Yeah, Boca Grand at like 26 inches or something like that. And big a, fish. Big A couple fish. hundred days at large? Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, think about that. It's a triple tail. Yeah. Yeah. They don't move fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy to think about what you can learn about them, but also, one of the things... The more that we learn about fish, the better we get at catching them. That's it. And the better we get at catching them, I mean, like, like the I just had a podcast with the the guy that uh, J, Captain Jay O'Brien that's doing the 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 triple tail grand championship, which you know at first I was like, man, we don't need any more of these type of tournaments. You know, this is crazy. <laughs> like, you know, that's why they've stopped a lot of the Cobia tournaments yeah. on the Panhandle and stuff because they absolutely slaughter. But he was like, no, nah, man, you have to catch and release this fish in order to enter it. Like, you have to release yeah. it. 
And so, like, my my whole thing is, is, like, if we learn a lot about where the most of these fish are staying, Absolutely. you'll know how to catch them better. But is that actually better for the species? It yeah. could be in a different way because you would know what they need in order to prolificate. And yeah, stay alive, I mean, look at I mean? the bluefin this year. I mean, it's been an unbelievable year for bluefin. I mean, the tell the audience, like, how many the have caught? The quota was closed in what? 12 days something like that yeah it was real quick and i mean you still got guys that are seeing them in green canyon in the ghetto quote-unquote ghetto which is marlin rampow beer can kevin said they had guys seeing them in december yeah and there's like we're seeing them in december we're still seeing them now we might see them in the fall i mean are they resident it, it could know. happen like at what point is it going to be a resident because we definitely have residential yellowfin. Yeah. Definitely have ye- residential blue marlin. So, like, yeah. at what point are those bluefins going to be like, you know what? There's probably enough bait here. So Absolutely. Stay right here. <laughs> and you still have your migrators. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You still have the ones that migrate in and out. But, I mean, usually, I mean, you know it. Everybody would see a blue marlin occasionally in April or May. Now you got guys that are still seeing them in the June. Almost July? It's unheard of. Yeah, in the years past, it definitely unheard yeah. of. Yeah. So, crazy. I mean, I mean, I think conservation still needs to be at the top of everybody's priority. Yeah. I mean, we we got we to gotta learn more about these species. I mean, Kevin and Billy, they've seen it all, and they've seen it all evolve to what it is today. I've seen it all evolve to what it is today. Yeah. It is crazy. Like, sometimes part of me thinks that, like, have you heard the, the theory that, like, the warmer temperatures in the water yeah. are making it better for pelagics? Yeah. I, I Some parts of me think that, like, in, in, in different ways. You yeah, know I, I mean? agree. Like, you see, like, like what we're talking about right now, bluefin moving in the Gulf and staying yeah. longer than what they have in the past. Why are they doing that? You know? And is it because more people are fishing? Yeah. And why are the flounder numbers dropping so much? They keep wanting to put seasons and protect them more. Yeah. Well, maybe warmer temperatures aren't better for those species, but they're better for other species. You Nobody know? knows. I mean, it's changing. Is it what it I'm is. Trying to say. Is I mean, it's, it's not like we have a deer camera at Mars and a deer camera at Tinkerbell and a deer camera at Delta House. Tell so, well, these fish been here for three days. We don't know. We just go. Yeah. We look at the chart, it should be good here. Yeah. Try and plan our three stops around what it looks like. Some days you <laughs> on the top, some days you're on the bottom. Yeah. It's just fishing. You gonna catch them or you ain't. Yeah. It is definitely true. Man, and how big of a like of an impact are all the rigs out there? I mean it's unbelievable. Like to like you go somewhere like you said you fish Costa Rica. Go somewhere like that, and these guys are literally building fads over yeah. fads and anchoring them off and and making them, and it's it's working. And we we I mean we take what we have for granted. <laughs> I mean, look, when I started you have with a Will, giant floater out there. We go to Innovator, and I was like, uh, "We're going to Innovator? <laughs> you sure? Yeah, we're going to Innovator. I mean, now we're running to Appomattox. Yeah, I mean, Appomattox is what eighty-five miles from the past." It's a long way. That's far. <laughs> it's a long way. It's 
huge, man. That's it. It gives you a target, something to run to. That's it. Definitely. And you got a bunch of stuff to fall back on. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. Well, cool, Parker. Thank you uh, so much for uh, man, it was this fun. podcast with me. It was yeah, fun. Hopefully we can do it again. I had a good time. Maybe, uh, like, maybe, like, after one of y'all's tournaments or something, get you and Clay. Yeah, we get old Cletus and Poncho yeah, on here. Get all, get you all have to you get another headset. It. Yeah, I might have to order some more. <laughs> <laughs> we got I got plugins on this mixer. We can do up to four. So. That's it. <laughs> okay. We'll do it for cool. sure. All right, man. Thanks again. All right, buddy.